When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Steelers Hangover. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Shannon White and Tony Defio. We comprise the Hangover crew. And usually a hangover is one of two things. It's a good one where you've partied all night and you're feeling great and you had reason to celebrate and you wake up the next day and say, I don't feel that good, but oh, what a great night. And then there's the face down and the gutter hangover Mm. where your life stinks the wife left you. You just lost your job. Oh, gosh. Everything is going wrong. You forgot to play your favorite numbers in the lottery. And guess what? They came up big. That's what the hangover is. And so we're kind of a support group for those. And it is great that we have this many people in the live chat. We have over 100 people in the live chat that are here because they love the Steelers. Right. So there was something, there was a question earlier and Tony said this, he had a hard time watching this game. He has a hard time following the Steelers. Now I'm going to put you on the spot, Tony. Okay. You get paid to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do. Not a lot. No, not a lot at all. But if you did, if you, (laughs) if you didn't have to, would you still be watching this team? Oh, of course. I mean, you know, if you talked about last week, my, my, my passion runs deep for the team uh, as it does for, for uh, all three of us and everybody in the live chat. But it's just, I guess when, I'm, when, I'm, when I say it's hard to watch, it's hard to get up for them. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, of, and I hate to say this because I don't want to open this can of worms, but it kind of reminds me of Chuck Knoll's last couple of years. There just was no, 
the Steelers were still the most popular team in, in town as far as how, how much people loved them and how much people cared about them. But as far as the enthusiasm, it was all the Penguins and, and the Pirates were really good back then. And the Steelers were, were a distant third. And that's what it kind of feels like right now. It feels like I think the, the, everybody kind of just there's like a the, the quote of former president. There's like a, a malaise, a crisis of confidence. And to quote another former president, it's kind of hard to find identify the who are the thousand points of light are on this team right now. It's just, it's just how it feels. It feels like it's hard to it's hard to just you just it's it, it, it kind of has that feel like the early '90s to me all over again. And I don't know if it's because it's the end of the Ben era or if it's a indictment of Tomlin, but that's just how it feels to me right now. But I still watch him and I, I would watch him for free. I hear you because I'm watching this team. If they go one and fifth, one and 16 and right. I'm still excited for that. I'm still watching. I actually, I was excited for the game yesterday. I, I thought they were going to go in there and upset green Bay. And it looked at one point where they could. Right. Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers, though, but he wasn't super Aaron Rodgers. They could have beaten them. Right. Shannon, did this game change because of a horrible call right before the first half ended? Did this game change because Joe Hayden and maybe Minka Fitzpatrick were called offsides on a blocked kick? First of all, I'm just going to ask you to answer that question after you answer this question. Were they offsides? No. Okay. If if you watch the replay, when the center started with the ball, to snap the ball, they had it timed. I mean, it was incredible. It was like an egg timer. It was right on time. And they burst off the line, got in there, blocked it, Mika made an incredible play to maintain balance with Hayden going into his leg and he raced for the touchdown. That's not a reviewable play like that's every part of it's reviewable other than the offsides. But the replay showed definitely hundred percent that they were not offsides. That was a huge play. Right. The the Steelers still had opportunities. I'm not going to put it all on that play. They beat, Buffalo, they scored a special teams touchdown on the block punt. This team needs help from all three facets. They had a 20-yard punt yesterday that basically give Green Bay points. They had a fumble on a sack in their own territory, which basically give Green Bay points. This is the week four. It was penalties. This team cannot overcome those kind of things especially on a blown call where everything they did everything right and they still didn't benefit from it. And that was a 10-point swing. Uh, not blaming anybody, not making excuses, but it was a huge play. Does that change this game? They lost the game by 10 points. Now, this game would have started over at that point, basically. It would have been 17 to 14 at that point instead of going down, being down where they were. Mm -hmm. So what I'm asking you at this point, instead of being down 17 to seven, do they not have the problems that they were going to have? If that touchdown is allowed. I can't say that because they've been having the same problems 
for eight games, let's say, in a row. But getting behind the sticks, um, the negative plays, it affects the confidence. It affects momentum. Doubt starts to creep in. It motivates the defense. The the pressure you've seen was amped up. Green Bay does not have a really good pass rush. Right. Their two best pass rushers were either out or hurt for the majority of the game. They still created pressure. The line's trying. They're improving. But there's so much that this changed since the Buffalo game. No more Lulu. They're getting gashed up the middle because Bugs is more of a defensive end. Wormley is a 4-3 end. They don't hold up against the run well. Schobert is is more of a Mac. He, he's not a good run stopper. He's good in coverage. Bush is still coming back. They they don't have to it. You know, if you'd have said at the beginning of the year that you're not going to have to it, you know that's going to weaken you because him and Hayward is the bookend uh, defensive ends and to the the best combination with Alou, the best defensive line in football. They're they're just having issues across the board, and I mentioned the punt already. Um. Boswell's making me a little nervous because he made that field goal, but he had to bank it in. So, you know, when he's doing good, he's right down the middle. He's very straight, very consistent. When he starts missing, he pulls it. So hopefully that was just an aberration, but um, it's definitely, you know, made a huge difference yesterday. Um, the, the, The blown call. Uh, and the man named fourth down plays that I still can't explain. <laughs> All right. Well, let me address the Boswell thing real quick. That was, was that a 52 yarder? 52. How, yeah. 52. Yeah. I I'll yeah. take a bank on a 52. Gosh, we're celebrating <laughs> the greatest kick of all time. Just a week ago. That was 66 that bounced mm-hmm. off a crossbar and in, <laughs> I mean, I know that's different than a bank, but all I'm saying is, you know, Sometimes you get lucky. The Steelers got knocked out of the playoffs in 1989 by by a uh, a bank that went in mm-hmm. and against Denver, or they very well could have been a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I don't think you wanted to be a Super Bowl team that year because <laughs> I got San Francisco 55, Denver 10, I believe. Wow. But um, with that being said, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. I just think that game turns everything around. So I'm going to ask you this question question tony Najee harris probably has a hundred yard game if they go into the second half with a lead and they maintain that lead after the uh after the kickoff because mo- like shannon said momentum strong with the defense the the defense would have been on that entire team would be coming out fired up in the second half as well one question that I want to ask you is, did it take momentum away from them? And two, if the Steelers are able to come out on offense with a lead after shut, possibly shutting down Green Bay on the first drive of the second half, they play a different ball game, and Najee Harris is running the, the ball a lot more, and he was running with efficiency in the first half. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. There's no question it it. it... And they, they, were, they didn't have any momentum at that point. The, the Green Bay had all the momentum up until that 
point after that first uh, drive with the the uh, Deontay touchdown, Denver was in total control of that game. So they would have completely, they would have completely changed the uh, the momentum. Uh, Jim Nance said it during the play. This is going to change the entire game before he found out about the penalty. So yeah, they would have had the momentum, and it would have been interesting to see how they how they approach the second half because they haven't had a really a second half lead at all this year. They didn't eventually against Buffalo in the fourth quarter, but they've been trailing in the second half of all their games. So it's hard. It's, it, it would have been interesting to see how they would have approached the running game and the way Harris looked in the first half. I think he would have possibly been able to do some more damage uh, had they been able, had, had they stayed, com- stayed committed to it. Well, I got to tell you, this is exciting. Facebook's in the house. I did not see this. Did you notice that we've got Facebook back? My good friend Stacy Lynn saying hello, bad Shannon and Tony. Wow, they finally got on. So that's that's awesome. I guess Facebook is is uh, back. There you go. And uh, uh, now I can finally get back to my arguing. <laughs> yeah, gosh, Facebook, you missed it. Tony was on fire. He had the he had Hall of Fame quotes the entire first half. Um, (laughs) I want to bring up this we've got a super chat that I've been holding and I want to go ahead and bring up Um, but I also want to bring up and I'm missing it and I can't find it but um, let's go ahead and bring up the super chat first and it's Grayson Brown and this is a good question and I'm being hard on this young team too why are we so hard on this young team? Offense is majority rookies and second year players quarterback is old defense is injured just one of those years guys embrace the rebuild thank you for the ten dollars grayson so here's a question i'm going to start with tony on this are you ready to embrace a rebuild are you ready to say that all right we got to give up on 2021 well i'm not i'm never ready for that uh but i will i will endure it you know and, and and you know obviously evaluate these players each week, you know, why I watch the games and, and, and hope for progress from me, from these young guys. And, and as, as Grayson pointed out, it's a young team. And I didn't realize this until today, other than Ben, this is like the second youngest roster in the NFL. That's something to, to I guess, be excited about. And maybe it's, it's when you, when you look at it that way, you have a 39 year old quarterback and a relatively young roster aside from him, maybe it's easy to see why things are, kind of in flux right now and, and, and why they're, they're experiencing so much uh, growing pain. So am I ready to embrace a rebuild? No, but I, I will, uh, I will endure it and, and hope, hope for a, a brighter future. If, if, once they get through it. Shannon. The Steelers, the Roonies don't rebuild. They reload. That's their words. They, they've had two straight, foundation stabilizing drafts i do believe i believe they drafted harris with the next quarterback in mind as much as they did ben because they want to do they'll try to pick up a quarterback in the draft uh, and use harris like ben had jerome and ease the young quarterback in behind a strong running game and a dominant defense no other reason to pay what the money they paid him if you're not going to do that so they have a plan. The plan this year was to have one more shot at it with Ben. It's too early to throw in the towel. Uh, I wrote in my uh, Stiller Stock Report article that's coming out tomorrow. Another thing nobody's talking about, 
TJ Watt come back, Alex Highsmith come back. They have groin injuries. You you it's their tender. You can't explode. It affected their explosiveness. It expected their it, it affected their uh, pass rush ability yesterday. They neither guy looked the same. Uh, that has been an issue now for two weeks in a row. So with and then like I said, with the Lulu being out, um there's other circumstances that have led to what we're seeing right now. But if you look at the, the progress that was made, Banner might be back. Haig looked better yesterday. And I thought he uh, was the best offensive lineman, him and Green. So it was great to see Green take a step forward. There is hope there. Uh, if that offensive line can continue to gel, Ben's got to make them passes. He's got to complete them. When he gets the opportunity, he can't miss. Watched a lot of football yesterday since we played the 430 game. They was guys missed throws every game I watched. Baker Mayfield missed wide open guys. When Ben does it, everybody's focusing on Ben, especially right now, because everybody wants a scapegoat. It's never one guy. Just like we said last week, it's not just one guy on the offensive line. And it's never just one guy. They have to the, the the coaches get paid the big money to decide where the problems are, and it's up to them and the players to fix it. But um, there is hope. There's no reason to throw in the towel and start talking about a rebuild yet, in my opinion. All right, I want to bring up Jim Wallace here. I really love this. Uh, this chat from Jim and okay, they go up at half. What makes you think this defense would have stepped up and Ben makes some plays? Momentum is actually what I think uh, I think would really do it. And I think being up and the reason I came up with that, you're right, Jim. That's a gr- that's great to ask me that question. I don't mind being put on the spot for this because you're right. We haven't seen it yet. However, Dave Schofield said this the last couple weeks when talking about Najee Harris. And remember, Najee Harris was running very well yesterday. He had he had 15 carries, 4.1 yards a carry. The thing with Najee Harris is if you could get a lead, you could play Najee more. Now, I don't know what the split was between first half and second half. I believe most of his carries were in the first half because then you start playing from behind and the running game goes away. I think with Green Bay's caliber of defense, which is not great, I have a feeling that they have a chance to run him more. Now, that's ifs and buts and candy and nuts. I get it. That's just my gut saying that if they had that lead, they play it different. I could have been completely wrong, Jim. So I I understand what you're saying. That's why I brought your quote up. Great quote. I also want to go ahead and bring up uh, one of my favorite people in this world. You have... uh, you have people that uh, are family that aren't the same blood. And this is uh, one of my best buddies of all time, Michael Saylor. It hasn't been the same since the great Steelers central flood. So I bring that up because we call my basement Steelers central. And in 2018, (laughs) the Steelers on opening day were playing in Cleveland. There was a downpour. My sump pumps died. One of our buddies, not Mike, one of, of our other buddies, 
Darren was doing his pacing act in the back and said, Oh, it's wet back here. Next thing you know, the entire, <laughs> the entire basement's flooded. And he's right. I don't think the Steelers have been safe the same since. So I guess we'll go ahead and blame the great Steelers central flood on a, uh, on the season as well. We've got another super chat here and um, I've got to go ahead and find it and I, I will bring that up, but gentlemen, we're going to be wrapping up soon. So we're going to go ahead and be taking comments and questions. So uh, we'll take about uh, five of them and see what we can do and we'll answer them the best we possibly can. But once again, I want to go back to Facebook. I realize that uh, you were late on Facebook and I saw where Stacy mentioned, yeah, because of the Facebook outage, I missed half the show. Well, you, you can go back and listen to it on any of our podcast platforms. You know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I don't know how to download a podcast. It's easy. You just go to Spotify or iTunes or any, and you just click on it. It's, it's that simple. Right. So you can go ahead and listen to not just this show, but so many shows that you can't get on, on Facebook. So go ahead and try that. It's uh, it's great. So um, do that. There, we have 25 original shows every week. So please go ahead and check some of those out. I want to bring up Victory Asher. Just because you change the quarterback doesn't equal giving up. It's never just one guy sometimes. But in this case, Ben's presence is a major problem. So gentlemen, that goes back to the name of this show. It's time to play the, the blame game. And thank you, Victory, for $4.99. I appreciate that in the super chat. Yesterday's game, we can blame it on a lot of things. I'm just going to say that the offensive line was not great, but I thought it played better. Mm -hmm. My I, I'm Now, you could blame the offensive line on you know, Ben's fumble. You other than the strip sack, you can do that. Where you can blame Ben, you can blame whoever, whoever you, the way you saw it and the way you see it, I have no problem with because it's how any of us law, live chat, us on the panel, it's how we see it. So it, it's what our gut thinks now. But those missed throws and the way Ben was playing and those calls on fourth down, they could have been Canada. They could have been Ben. So there's different ways you could play. You could blame this, this start of the season on Tomlin. Who are we ultimately playing the blame game? Who are we putting the blame on the first four games of the season? Tony, I'll start with you. It's it's I can't, I, I hate to say this, but it's Ben Roethlisberger. I, I just don't think he, he just doesn't, he, he's not, reading the field. He seems uh, really eager to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. He has, he doesn't seem like he has his legs anymore. We talked about this last year. It seemed like he's, it, it, his arm seems fine as far as arm strength, but he's just not using his legs to, 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 to make these throws. And when he's moving around in the pocket, he looks like, and I played volleyball years ago with this guy who was around my age now back then, like every step he took to go after the ball, he really, it was really heavy steps. And that's how, that's how Ben looks right now. He just doesn't seem comfortable. And I don't know if, if part of the problem is the fact that he just doesn't know Canada's offense well enough to trust, uh, uh, to trust his, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To make his, uh, his uh, reads, to, to go from one, his progressions. His, that's the word, his progressions. I don't know if that's what it is or if it's just a combination of things. But, but he, to me, he's the, the, the number one person to blame. 
Shannon? I couldn't disagree more. Uh, just my opinion. They being, let's go back to the preseason. Haskins was everybody's darling. And the main reason he was everybody's darling is because he wasn't Mason Rudolph. Every time Mason Rudolph's in, they everybody talked about his indecision, slow processing, accuracy issue, uh, lack of a feel in the pocket. Ben has that, uh, the strength in the pocket, and can move in the pocket if there's a pocket there, uh, much more than Rudolph does. If I thought if Rudolph had mobility or we had a quarterback with mobility, that might be something to consider. But Rudolph isn't the answer that way. Uh, right now, they have to focus on next week's game, putting the best team out there to win a game, try to win another game, and go from there. As soon as they decide to take being out, they're basically saying, okay, we're going to basically give up on this season, and you might as well play for a draft pick. They need to focus on the Denver Broncos in the next game ahead. All right. I just got a tweet. The, I mean, I got a text on a tweet that was read, and I'm uh, reading it here. Now, I have not heard what Charlie Batch is saying, but I'm going to read this tweet. Have you heard what Charlie Batch is saying? He said, Canada took the ability of Ben changing the play call away at the line of scrimmage, and I know some, one of us mentioned that on this Amazing. show. <laughs> if this is true, that's not good on a lot of this – bad offense is on Canada, not Ben. Now, you did say that earlier, and I remember you saying that. So is this more Matt Canada, Shannon? It's both. Ben has had throws. He's missed. You can't take that away. I'm not trying to absolve him from his part in this. As Tony said a couple of times, he's tripped over air. <laughs> over a blade of grass. Yeah, he looks like a, a newborn baby giraffe. Uh, but they're, part of the problem is he has no faith in his line to protect him. And you start seeing the pass rush. When you see the pass rush, you're you're done. Uh, you got to be able to – in the past, you think about all them great plays being made. He got outside the pocket or he kept the play alive, and then he was able to, to find the open guy. Well, that's he can't do that anymore. So he's got he's got to accept his limitations. They've got to establish the running game. The line's got to play better. And when he has the opportunities, he's got to make complete the passes. If they can win a game, if they can have some offensive success, I believe they can get momentum and turn the season around. I do not think that Rudolph's the answer because Rudolph, uh, I do I do not think will be. Uh, efficient behind this offensive line. Uh, and the, the main hope they have right now is being and to focus on next week and getting the win. That's the question we were going to ask is, uh, is Ben the uh, best option on this team to win? And it seems like that's what you said that that's damning to the, uh, the depth at, at quarterback. So I want to go ahead and bring up this comment too, since we're talking about Matt Canada as well. Um, Robert Mullins, let's bring up Robert's quote here. Gosh, I don't know why it's not coming up. There it is. There Robert Mullins, um, possibly one of my uh, one of my greatest fans here. Canada sits non-booth. So, and he mentions later on that, you know, 
haven't had a Steelers offensive coordinator sit up in the press box and they should be on the sidelines. A lot of people are saying that right now. I, I kind of, what, what difference does it make? And I think it, it kind of makes a difference having the offensive coordinator on the, on the sideline, Tony, because the reason I think that Robert's right here is because you need to have that interaction. Right. I don't think a headset does it. I think you need to be coached and have those conversations on the sideline, sitting on that heated bench or whatever you have to sit on and talk about it with the iPad. When Juju's not throwing the iPad or the uh, <laughs> Samsung or whatever it is, um, when he's not throwing it, and if it doesn't have the cracks and you look at it, you will you will have more of an interaction. Do you think that's an indictment to Matt Canada by being up in that booth? No, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think it'd be easier to to evaluate things from up, from up in the booth. You can see, you know, you, you can you can see things better. Um, that, I mean, that's just that's just how it would be for me. Like, if I had my preference, I'd rather be up up in the booth where I could see everything all at once. So I don't know if that really has anything to do with it. And you have to you have to do with what the obviously you have to go by with what the coordinator is comfortable with too. And I think Canada's always. Uh, stayed up in the booth he's always called games from up there so if that's what he's comfortable with and it's his first time in, the, in you know coaching at the pro level as a coordinator uh to ask him to stand on the sidelines that might be uh, it might be harder for him to to, uh, to react to in, in, in uh, game plan and, and, and call plays and react in the moment so i think it's i think it, it's better that he's more comfortable shannon i'd rather have him on the sidelines what are your thoughts it's what Ben's used to. I don't think it makes that big a difference, except I think a lot of the communication is going through the quarterback's coach. Um, maybe not even directly between Ben and Matt Canada, which could be a problem. I've watched Ben on the sidelines that he does a lot of talking with Joshua Dobbs. And I know he respects Dobbs and, and Dobbs' uh, football IQ and what he sees. But Dobbs isn't the offensive coordinator. He's not the quarterback's coach. I think Ben's more comfortable with Dobbs. That could be an issue, more so than where he's sitting, uh, whether he's up in the box or down on the field. All right. I I, I respect that as well. Um, Victory Asher, thanks for another four ninety nine, And – Man, I'm not getting them to show up easy today. They're eh, I lost it. Ben isn't the best QB on that team. He has no mobility. I think a new infusion of a younger, more mobile quarterback, Haskins Rudolph, changes the atmosphere. I understand that. I right now think he's your best chance to win because Dave. I'm I'm stealing this from Dave Schofield, and you know I respect a lot of things that that uh, even though we argue. I respect everything that comes out of uh, that brain because that's a very good football brain as well. A guy that, uh, that played the game as well um, and coached it, not just played it. He coached it. So Dave says this, you know, do you really want to put a guy like Haskins, a guy like Mason Rudolph behind this offensive line? And that's really where I think that, uh, Ben probably has the best ability because Tony said this earlier. He can still throw the long ball. He's just right. off right now. 
And I don't know whether he has the yips. I don't know whether it's the fact that he's not allowed to play his game and change the play. And it's, and if it's all Matt Canada and those are Matt Canada's calls on fourth down, then man, I've got a problem with Matt Canada. So uh, just me says Ben's the best we have right now. Get rid of him. And what can we do? Well, if you get rid of Ben right now, then that means you've given up on the, this season. He, a lot of people think that if you keep Ben, you're giving up on the season. So Tony, let's start with you on that. Where, well, not, go ahead. No, I mean, I'm just, as far as I, I believe Ben is, the, is still the best quarterback on the team, even though he's really struggling and he might be, he might be completely done for all we know, as far as being able to ever recover from his current struggles. But like, say they put Rudolph or Haskins in there and yeah, they're not, great athletes that, that could maybe move around like, like, like a Lamar Jackson or, or, or a Josh Allen. I'm not suggesting that, but if they're in there uh, and since they're younger and, and more athletic right now than Ben is, cause he, cause he's 39. Would that, wouldn't that change maybe how Canada game plans and, and maybe that would change how the defenses have to have to game plan for the Steelers. Cause they're not, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be uh, uh, trying to take away all short passes. So that, to me, that would be the only, only reason that would, a quarterback change might be effective is you're going to have maybe a, a guy in there who could p- perhaps run the kind of things that Canada wants to run as opposed to Ben, who maybe the, the, the marriage, as they've been saying in the last couple weeks, maybe isn't the greatest one between quarterback and, 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 and this, in the scheme that the new guy wants to run. Well, you know, there's so many ways that they can go ahead and finish this season. And it's still a young season. So yeah, I'm going to make excuses right now. I'm going to say that we're, we are only four games in. Shannon said something earlier that I thought was very poignant. And after the next two games, if they're losses, then you are in a completely different situation. And that's the time when you start lo- thinking that, hey, it's not going to happen. But if you go ahead and beat the Denver Broncos this week and you're a two and three, you're in a lot better position. I remember a team that was three and four and looked absolutely horrible and ended up in the Super Bowl. And that was the 1995 Pittsburgh Steelers after being embarrassed on Thursday night football to go to three and four to the Cincinnati oh, yeah. Bengals. So I'm looking to see what happens this week. Mm-hmm. And I actually think I'm, I'm, I know. I've, I have not hit a pick this year in Steelers games. <laughs> Me neither. I picked them to lose against I Buffalo. Then I picked them to win the next three. But I really think that with no – I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is playing in this game, and I know this isn't the preview. I know I'm looking ahead, and it's not. this is the hangover where we're supposed to look back. But I'm going to go ahead and look ahead. And I think they beat the Denver Broncos at home this – this uh, year and conf- th- this week, excuse me, and confuse us even more. So hopefully we have a great hangover next week. We we played the blame game right now through four games. We we're blaming Ben Roethlisberger ultimately. Is that correct, gentlemen? Not me. Not you, no. Tony. I uh, yes, I I I because I, I mean. As we said all year, you know, the, the team went at least on offense as Ben went, and, and he's just not—he's—he's he's off. I'm not saying he's done, but he's definitely not—he's definitely one of the biggest reasons for their, you know, 
when you the, the, cause last week with the with the throw to, the missed throw to Washington, and then of course yesterday with the two to Juju. So that's who I'm blaming. But but that's just you know it's early. Shannon, who was who is your your blame game crown going to after four weeks? Not for the whole season because we don't know the whole season. Who are you ultimately like the, hitting it on? I don't like playing the blame game. Uh, I get it. I, I, I mean, I believe it's a it's a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport. But you can blame no, the whole team. Yeah, nobody can operate in a vacuum. Uh, you have, you know, they say don't make excuses, but you have to take bad calls, penalties, injuries, all the youth, all this stuff into account. We knew coming in that the offensive line and the running game had to support a 39-year-old quarterback. He needs more help now than he used to. It's just the facts. He's still the best quarterback they got, bar none, easy. Um, I don't want everybody to learn the hard way by watching what a train wreck it's going to be. They didn't want to play Haskins at all this year. They don't want to play him because they're hoping that him having a chance to rebuild his confidence, rebuild his life, his maturity, he might have be able to offer him something next year. And I don't think it's fair to put Rudolph. Rudolph is not more mobile than Ben. About anybody's more mobile than Ben, right? But if he is, it's barely. And not enough to make a difference, I think. So the main culprit has been the offensive line, but I don't want to play the blame game because they're young and they're all new and they're trying to learn together. So I would rather just be patient and focus on more of a week-to-week thing. Yeah, but for the crux of the blame game, I guess you're going <laughs> to have to blame the whole team then. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and look, I don't expect to blame them the whole season. But if Ben Roethlisberger plays better in weeks two through four, they probably they could be a three and one team. Heck, they could be a four and O team if he plays better. Probably not because other things are there's still problems. But Ben, those missed throws to Juju yesterday were egregious, and there's a lot of lot of problems. So for Four weeks into the season, I'm blaming Ben. I'm hoping not to blame Ben. I think Ben's going to come and and uh, do the old oh, not so fast, my friend. Do it to Kemby McTombo. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to do that this I week. Would, and, and you're I going would love to, to see it. And I think you're going to see it happen. I'm going to go ahead and uh, before we sign off, I've, we've got a super chat from Lewis Damper, and I appreciate that. If we're not playing for a draft pick, what are we? playing for super bowl no ben equals pick 20 plus again no lawrence burrow lamar watson or any top 10 guy i i understand that and i i definitely appreciate that too um i think at this point you're trying to and thank you for the uh the uh, 499 of the tip chart i just think right now you're playing for an opportunity to uh to catch fire and i think that's what they're going to do um West does not agree with me. West is saying Ben is going to throw two picks Sunday, fumble at least once. Nah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I respect Wes, but uh, I actually think that uh, I think he's he still has a couple of games in him where you're going to throw that. It's going to be crazy. I think you're going to start seeing some wins. Then you're going to see some frustrating losses. I, 
I can see it start going like that. I don't think that this is just uh boom, it's over because we've seen this a lot with Mike Tomlin teams. I think this is going to continue to be a frustrating year, but there's going to be <sighs> some rays of hope there that confuse the heck out of us. I think we can agree on that. Can we? Absolutely. Tony. Absolutely. They, Shannon? They just need no, I haven't given up. <laughs> I love, I got to bring up Wes again. I love this. This is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I love Wes. This is awesome. Listen, Ben, I'm not saying we won't win, Ben, but Ben freaking sucks. And I appreciate your opinion too, Wes. I don't have a problem with that. So, hey, we, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, sign off here. Have we established anything today? Probably not anything thing whatsoever but we had a chance to talk it out we had a chance to verbally hug it out and that's a good thing and we're going to be back next week because we love this team the only reason you guys are on this line because you have black and gold running through your veins and we've got to answer this question first i was getting ready to sign off but george once asked tony a question tony i never see you wearing a jersey what's the deal with that well, I, I look good in blue. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry. We need Sorry. to get and Tony a jersey. Be, they should be wearing my name on the backs of their jerseys because that's how awesome I am. Right, what do you think of that? All right. They should be know. wearing I, I, a, a BTSC polo that says Tony. There you go. Yep. I only have one. I have, I have Heinz Ward, which is fitting because he, he was one of my favorite Steelers. So. It's it's that's the only jersey I have. I don't I don't have any other jerseys. I'm sorry. Let's get Tony jersey. What what jersey do you want, Tony? Um, uh, current probably, player. I, oh, it has to be a current player. Well, uh, if it's a current player, then I have to go with Kevin Dotson. I kind of thought you would that way, Shannon. Do you have jerseys? Uh, mine are all older. I mean, I've got 95 I... Lloyd jersey, Lambert, Ooh. Bradshaw, Swan, but I don't have any of the, the newer guys. I I keep trying to get my Ben. Uh, I want Ben's before he retires. Do you? Do any of you have a Richard Huntley, a Jarvis Jones, or a Duck Hodges jersey? No, but I think somebody on this on this panel does. <laughs> I have all three. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I have a Hodges t-shirt. Ah, you do have the Hodges t-shirt. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, I all have right. Hey, it was towel, so. there you go. Okay. Just me says he's a working man. We can't all buy gear. I, I get mine off the boat. Mine are really cheap. They're, they're probably not the best quality, but that's why I have as many as I do. I seriously, I don't spend a lot on them. But with that being said, hey, thanks so much. You know, my Richard Huntley jersey was from Value City, six ninety nine back in nineteen ninety nine. Just thought I'd tell you that. Wow. So thank you so much for everybody that that is bleeding black and gold, being on this line, talking it out. Hey, we haven't really solved anything. The only ones that can really solve anything are the coaching staff and the 53 men on that roster. And we've got to believe that the hearts beating through those, through those jerseys 
are going to put it together and I'm not giving up hope. So I'm uh, I'm going to be here after next week's game. Let's go ahead and channel one Myron Cope and not just say yoy, not just say double yoy. Let's just say this. Beat those Yonkos. <laughs> you remember that? The Yonkos. I never I ain't afraid of no horse. <laughs> he did say that. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Right. It, it was the uh, par- parody song that they had, uh, Ghostbusters, that year. Well, I don't think it was Myron, though. Ghostbusters. Uh, I can see it. So for Shannon Waite, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. For Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. I forgot you, Tony. And let's channel some of our favorite former WWF, WWE, WCW, NWA wrestlers when we say this. Just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. We will see you next week, my friends. Hopefully it's a good hangover. We love you.